tonight. How involved are payment processors like PayPal in the ongoing Patreon debacle? I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. So today we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the recent happenings involving the company Patreon, which if you haven't heard of it is a popular crowdfunding site where patrons are able to support creators like musicians, artists, or even political commentators on a monthly basis. A lot of this story has already been covered in detail by other creators, so I'm going to try to give you guys a shorter breakdown of everything that's happened. As you may know, in December 2018, that is last month, Patreon made the decision to remove popular YouTuber Carl Benjamin, or Sargon of Akkad, as we all know him as, from their site without warning. The reasoning that the company gave for removing Sargon's account was, quote, that the creator in question used racial and homophobic slurs as insults in a conversation shared online. And that, of course, was in reference to this live stream where Sargon addressed the alt-right. See, look, look, this is what I mean about the chat. I just can't be bothered to deal with people who treat me like this. It's, it's really annoying. Like, I, you are acting like a bunch of just so you know. You, you act like white Exactly how you describe black people acting is the impression I get dealing with the alt-right. I'm really, I'm just not in the mood to deal with this kind of disrespect. And I know it sounds like, oh my God, he's demanding respect. But yeah, to be honest with you, do you not think that like we should have a level of decorum in interpersonal interactions? And it's that like, the internet is bullying me. I'm not saying you're bullying me. I'm saying there's just no point dealing with this kind of attitude. Is it? Like, I, I know it's called trolling. <laughs> But it's not like something I need to deal with if I don't want to have to deal with it. Upper class twat. Dude, I'm not an upper class twat. I come from the most working class roots. At least my parents did. It, it, Jesus Christ. It's just like, you understand that I'm a person, don't you? You, know, you, you guys understand that I am a person. And look, yeah, you, like, sorry, Ms. Hakeesan, how dare I hurt your sensitive feelings? Look, you carry on. But don't expect me to then have a debate with one of your Yeah. Now we'll get into the specifics of Sargon's case a little later, but when people found out that this was the reason for the banning, there was a lot of backlash against Patreon. And for context, this was not the first time that Patreon has banned someone. In fact, Patreon has banned many other creators that are either conservative, right-wing, or more broadly, just people who are critical of the progressive left. Some people who have been banned include, but are not limited to, Milo Yiannopoulos, Faith Goldie, Jeremy Hambly, that is The Quartering, Lauren Southern, and Robert Spencer. And it's those two last people, Southern and Spencer, that I'd like to draw specific attention to because they illustrate two distinct reasons that we've been given for the termination of creators' Patreon accounts. Lauren Southern was one of the earliest bans, with her account being removed from Patreon in July of 2017. The ban sparked outrage, of course, from her supporters and definitely raised red flags for us political commentators that use the platform. And the backlash was actually significant enough that Patreon's founder and CEO, Jack Conti, had to perform a lot of community outreach as damage control. Here's a clip of that. So to recap, Patreon recently took down the pages of all the members of Defend Europe, including Lauren Southern's page, and we also took down the IGD News page as well. Some people are really upset about this. Some people have even accused Patreon of making decisions based on political ideology. So I'd like to clear all that up right now. Content policy and the decision to remove a creator page has absolutely nothing to do with politics and ideology and has everything to do with a concept called manifest observable behavior. The purpose of using manifest observable behavior is to remove personal values and 
beliefs when the team is reviewing content. It's a review method that's entirely based on observable facts. What has a camera seen? What has an audio device recorded? It doesn't matter what your intentions are, your motivations, who you are, your identity, your ideology. The trust and safety team only looks at manifest observable behavior. We get rigorous and specific because we're talking about removing a person's income. The authority to take away a human being's income is a sobering responsibility. Obviously, the most notable takeaway from that clip is the concept of manifest observable behavior. In Lauren Southern's specific case, Jack said that her being on a boat that sought to block NGO boats from dropping off illegal immigrants into Europe crossed a line for Patreon. And Jack describes this as if there's somehow an objective way to qualify if creators have violated company policy. But as objective as he's trying to make out the process, Patreon's terms of use are extremely vague, even in the extended version. So much so that there's actually this clause that says, and I quote, these guidelines are not meant to be exhaustive. If you find a new and creative way to hurt Patreon or our users, we may take action to prevent it. So essentially, even if your behavior is in full compliance with Patreon's rules, you can still get whacked with the ban hammer if you rub them the wrong way. But with all that said, we see here that the first reason that Patreon would ban someone is if they are in direct or indirect violation of their terms of use. Got it sort of. The second reason that Patreon has given for banning someone is that an outside pressure has forced them, apparently, to do so, specifically payment processors. And for this, we'll have to look to the example of Robert Spencer, not to be confused with the alt-right's Richard Spencer. In August of 2018, Spencer's account was removed from Patreon without warning. According to him, he had just set up the account a few weeks prior and was hoping to use the funds to make a studio so that he could record weekly This Week in Jihad videos. However, he logged in one day to find that his account had been removed. And after contacting Patreon support, he got a reply back from a representative from their trust and safety team. It read, Hi Robert, my name is April and I'm on the trust and safety team here at Patreon. I've been notified by MasterCard that we must remove your account from Patreon effective immediately. MasterCard has a stricter set of rules and regulations than Patreon, and they reserve the right to not offer their services to accounts of their choosing. This is in line with their terms of service, which means it's something we have to comply by. So evidently, when payment processors ask Jack Conte to jump, he asks how high. And this means that not only do creators on Patreon have to worry about not violating any real or imagined guidelines set by Patreon itself, but they also have to worry about their actions not violating any equally imprecise guidelines from companies like MasterCard. And this also touches on something that sets apart Patreon's ban from any other platform like Facebook or Twitter. And that's the idea that behavior can get you banned from Patreon even if it didn't happen on Patreon's website. It's, it's any of your behavior anywhere. In all the cases we've mentioned so far, the creators' accounts were deleted for things that they did off-site. And imagine, for a second if you will, being kicked off of Twitter for something that you texted a friend or posted on Instagram. Pretty scary, I think. Alright, so now we've got to wonder what exactly is it that would drive a company like MasterCard to go after a personality like Robert Spencer? Spencer attributed the attack to a smear campaign by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has essentially become a bastion of far-left ideology and is no stranger to defaming people that don't embrace their new religion. Seriously, ask Majid Nawaz about this because he successfully sued them for millions of dollars. And so by some grotesque twist, it may be the case that in order to not lose your Patreon income, you've also got to avoid being disliked by groups like MasterCard and the SPLC, which is pretty terrifying considering the fact that the SPLC PLC is 
completely insane, and given all this, it really shouldn't have surprised anyone when Sargon was banned. Being a political commentator in this age of smearing and propaganda is tenuous even if the companies you work with have a backbone, and doubly so if they don't. After Sargon's banning, though, things were clarified a bit for us thanks to the great work of Matt Christensen. He had a call with Jacqueline Hart of Patreon's Trust and Safety Department, and he was asked to not record the conversation, but he did transcribe it. Here's what Matt had to say about the important things he learned from that call. In terms of content, there were three topics I wanted to cover with this conversation. My personal circumstances with Patreon, the standard that was enforced against Sargon, and the process used to enforce that standard. Each of these segments segments of the discussion had significant revelations, but none more significant to me than three primary ones. First, that explicitly, by Jacqueline's description, Patreon is not a free speech platform. Second, that explicitly, by Jacqueline's description, Patreon is not a free market. And third, explicitly, by Jacqueline's description, rules enforcement on Patreon is subjective by design. If you take nothing else away from this video, I want you to remember those three things. You know, it's astonishing to me at this point that Patreon even bothers to do damage control, because each time they do it, they either get caught lying or actually end up telling the ugly truth, however polished a turd they wish that were. Like most creators, like creators watching this, you just don't have to worry about this shit. You just don't have to worry about it. Like people like you and people, most people who are like engaging in healthy dialogue and talking about tough issues, like this is just not something that concerns most creators. Um, and it like kills me a little bit that there's this fear. And before we go on any further, I want to distinguish this whole Patreon case from previous stories we've discussed before on the show, namely social media censorship. A lot of people are saying that Patreon booting creators it doesn't like is the same behavior we've seen from platforms like Facebook and Twitter. But while there are similarities between getting kicked off of Patreon and getting kicked off of Twitter, there are a lot of differences too. One similarity we can't ignore is the role of payment processors like PayPal and Stripe in both instances. With the case of Patreon and Twitter, the idea of getting kicked off of the platforms is so frustrating for users, not necessarily because we love the platforms or because their products are irreplaceable, they're not. It's because they have artificial monopolies enabled by other companies like PayPal who sabotage their competition. Whether it's Subscribestar for Patreon or Gab for Twitter, we see companies like PayPal or GoDaddy saying, uh-uh, not so fast there. In both cases, to the people saying, don't like it, build your own platform, you've got to see it's not that easy. Unless, of course, you also want to start your own payment processors, web hosting companies, and banks in the process. We are reliant on these monopolies, whether we like it or not. For now, at least. Next, in both instances, we see that it's not really the terms of service or TOS of the sites themselves that are making everyone so mad when people get kicked off, but rather it's that the TOS seem to be so selectively, vaguely, and frankly, politically applied. When we've talked about Twitter bans on this show before, we've gone through how for every right-winger that gets banned for some innocuous comment, there are dozens, if not more, of verified, legitimately racist and sexist left-wing accounts that remain. With Patreon, as people have been looking into it, it turns 
turns out the same principle applies. With Lauren Southern, they cited safety concerns over her activities with Defend Europe. But if they're so concerned about safety, why are their Antifa pages, an organization that actually does cause violence and property damage, still up on their site? There are even some large Patreon accounts operated by far-left radicals that openly advocate for violence on the site itself and receive zero resistance. Specifically, Rev Left Radio is operated by a radical who said things on his show like, quote, F it. I just identify as a militant revolutionary communist who wants to put every fascist in the world against the wall and violently expropriate the wealth and property of the owning class. I don't think anybody, or rather anybody reasonable, has a problem with Patreon saying, eh, we don't really want to be a part of funding violence, but it kind of seems like that's not what this is about. And with Sargon's situation, it's the same thing. They claim they banned him because he used hate speech, you know, the n-word and the f-word, or the other F word. But as people have noted, there are tons of posts currently still on Patreon where the N word is used openly. So okay, you might be thinking to yourself, maybe it has to do with context. And it's true. A good TOS ideally would take into account things like context when they're looking at user behaviors. And while yes, the N word is an awful, hateful racial slur, let's face it, it's also increasingly used in casual vernacular to just mean guys, as in literally almost every rap song. And similarly, the F word is now mostly actually used toward people who are not gay, and it's not to say that they're gay, just that they're awful. And look, I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm not saying I approve of any of it. I don't like rough language. That's why I don't use it. But that's just how it is in our culture. And you'd be disingenuous to say otherwise. So in Sargon's situation, he was using the slur version of the word, but he wasn't using it toward black people. And he was specifying that the negative stereotypes that come with the slur aren't ones that he himself believes. And the whole tirade was based upon trying to turn around the racist views the alt-right has and trying to hold them to their standard of how much better white people are supposed to act. So it's it's a weird situation and you don't have to like it, you don't have to approve of it. I personally don't say the N-word or F-word period, but does this count as hate speech toward a protected group? That's what we need to be asking ourselves. And as it turns out, this has been the debate of many, many Twitter threads and YouTube videos. But in my opinion, listening to that clip, it's pretty clear that Sargon isn't targeting any minority groups. To say that that counts as hate speech, what he said, is to essentially say that context doesn't matter. And keep in mind, this is something that happened off of Patreon and wasn't related to the work being funded by Patreon in the first place. So a lot of people have raised the valid question of, does it even matter if he was breaking the TOS since it doesn't have anything to do with Patreon in the first place. As creators, are our entire lives, everything we do, now supposed to be subject to terms of service agreements of websites that we use? Because if so, that is a pretty terrifying Big Brother standard to hold ourselves to. And this brings us to the differences in these situations, because in a lot of ways, as much as I love jumping on the Twitter hate bandwagon, what Jack Conte and Patreon have done is much worse than just kicking someone off of Twitter. You see, while sure, Twitter does have more users than Patreon. Patreon's users actually rely on Patreon a lot more than Twitter users rely on Twitter, even those of us who are addicted to the site, like me. I mean, Sargon was making about $150,000 per year from his patrons when the site booted him. And Tim Poole, an independent journalist and content creator who has done a lot of great videos on this subject actually, has like many other people lost patron support due to people boycotting the site to the tune of over $5,000 per month. So as upsetting and 
frustrating as it is to be banned from Twitter, the stakes for Patreon creators are even higher because this is their livelihood we're talking about, and there's a lot of money at stake. So now comes the question, what do we do? Well, I for one don't want to force Patreon to host people that they don't want to host. They should be able to make whatever bad business decisions they want. But, and I mentioned this in the video we did covering Gab and the ongoing attempts to deplatform that site, I think the monopolies, cartels, and collusive behavior in the tech industry do need to be addressed. And guess what? There are already laws on the books about this. After Sargon was banned from Patreon, he announced that he would be moving to Subscribestar, and as a result, a ton of attention was given to that new site. In a strange turn of events, though, this prompted companies like PayPal, Stripe, and virtually every other relevant payment system to discontinue working with Subscribestar, and it almost happened immediately after Sargon switched over. To be clear, the payment processing companies, who we have evidence of in the past having directly told Patreon to ban specific users, all ceased working with this upstart competitor when Patreon was taking a hit in business, with it hemorrhaging users and creators that were leaving in protest. So basically, a monopoly in long-term crowdfunding was being protected by a group of payment processors that make up like 99% of the market in what seems like a coordinated effort. There is a solid case that this is breaking already existing antitrust laws, but I'll leave that to a video from YouTuber Law. And I think that what happened over this past week changes the entire equation, at least in my mind. I think that there is sufficient evidence here of group boycotting shown not only through parallel actions, but now by PayPal and Stripe taking actions that are otherwise not justified by any sort of competitive or expressive ideas, but rather seems to be in line with trying to protect Patreon, who was suffering a result of its actions and the subsequent attention given to subscriber star. Also, if you happen to have any expertise in law, particularly antitrust law, and are interested in helping file this complaint, YouTuber Law is asking for help to get this huge undertaking done. So I decided to file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission against Patreon and PayPal for collusion. Now, this is frankly a massive undertaking, so I basically want to tell you my story, why I decided and what I'm going to do and what it would take to actually succeed, because frankly, I need your help on this. People ask me, well, what can we do? And I said, well, since lawsuits are not appropriate for every individual and every company here, what you can do is speak about it, tweet about it, post about it, blog about it, talk to your representative, talk to your senators, talk to whoever you can, because what's important here is to start a Federal Trade Commission investigation, because they do this. They start massive investigations. They have the resources. They can spend the next few years actually investigating people, demanding demanding uh, documents from them and actually pursue actions in court against those companies and I thought that's the best course of action. And as for the rest of us, sharing on social media and some social pressure behind the issue is probably the best we can do. I'm all for free markets, but the thing is free markets require competition. And right now in the tech sphere, there are outside forces preventing that competition from happening. And on the creator side of things, a lot of people are saying that if this is how Patreon wants to conduct business, then they'll have no part in it. Huge account holders on the site like Sam Harris and most recently Recently, Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin have all left the platform or announced that they will be leaving in the next month, and they're instead directing supporters to their own sites for donations and pledges. And other smaller creators on the site, like myself, seem to for the most part be staying put for now only as we work on alternatives that don't require us to continue funding an organization that clearly hates us oh so much. But that's all for now, this is clearly a very large issue to tackle, but thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.